Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. Today is very special. Now, we talk about some lighter things on this show, but today is going to be a little different. We're going to shine the light on some very important topics led by a friend and a respected author named Rachel Weinstock. She wrote a book called Be Who You Needed, and it talks about her journey of finding the person that she needed when she was a child, when she suffered from abuse and uh, bullying and things like that, she grew up and wanted to have a book that would talk to that person and help that child um, as an adult. Anyway, amazing book. I can't say enough about it. But for you, what you'll get out of this episode is if you're a parent, she talks about so many things that can help your child. You know, some very simple languaging things like, did you know that Every time you say, but you neglect what you just said, as an example, um, she talks about how important it is to get down to a child's level, physically get down to their level. And she talks about some of her experiences as a teacher in the classroom and how she's able to get kids to listen to you and listen to each other. So I hope you enjoy this particular episode. I had met Rachel and did an interview with her for a previous podcast um, several years ago. And I'll post that interview as well from my previous podcast. But she's a kind, gentle, passionate, fun, and sometimes stern when she needs to be a person, teacher, human, who's going to give you some tips on better communication with your child and tips for yourself. Cheers. Enjoy. So thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. Such a pleasure. Just real quickly, I know that a lot of people don't know you who are listening to this, but what is the book and why did you write it now? Um, and so the book is me trying to get like kind of like sum up what do I do through storytelling because I'm not academic I have a learning disability it's hard for me to be super concise so I just was trying to kind of put it into a book and help plant seeds for people to see kind of like how I do what I do mm-hmm. and the the title be who you needed so yeah. one one thing is interesting like especially in in the author space or personal development space people always talk about helping the person that you just were right? Yeah. Helping the person that you, you just came out of. But what's so interesting about your book is it's like, it's almost from the perspective of the child, like screaming out to an adult or a future self, like, you know, help yeah. me, help me, give me some tools to help me do something. And that's what mm-hmm. the twist of this book was that's so powerful. It's like your, your younger self screaming to your future self, do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I do feel like there's some kind of like interesting time travel in a way, um, like as close as we can get to that, because, you know, like the stars on the on the cover. So that's always been if anybody's ever gotten a greeting card from me or like a birthday card or saying I always draw like little stars. And one of the things, you know, as you know, you probably saw in the book is that I would cry myself to sleep. But then when I was being bullied and just going through all this trauma and abuse, because bullying really is abuse and we need to just name it that um, is that I would look up at the stars and be like somehow I have to survive and, and get through this and become who I needed. Like Hmm. my, my really, like one of my biggest saving things was one that I had a really loving supportive family Two that I had art in my life and I could express myself that way. And also that I was living for the future to help as many people as I could. 
I went to a high school. So a high school, a mental health conference asked me to speak. And this is the first high school that I've actually spoken at ever. Like I've done work in elementary school and speaking. So that brings up feelings for me because high school in my brain equals where most of my trauma happened. So even though I'm an adult, I'm still like, ah, like, I don't know if this is safe. So the experience was incredible. But at the end, one of the young people said, what I really love about your book is that I feel like I can be part of Be Who You Needed movement. Because I was talking about, you know, they're 13, 14, 15 years old, but they had so many times when they were hurt. And so they needed somebody to be there for them. So it's kind of choosing to, in their present self, become who they needed, and then also help their present and future self, and then all the other people around. Mm. So it really is a movement. That's really the goal with the book um, is a movement. It's not just me sharing my like method or something like that. It's it's planting seeds through story storytelling. And also in the book, like, as you know, there were other um, people that psychology friend like people that people that are psychologists that are friends of mine people that work in the juvenile prison system that have a very alternative approach you know all different kinds of people other educators to to kind of like bring in their their take on this as well i do have some specific um, questions that i think might help people especially related to like mental health and everything one of the Mm things the things that i really admire about you is is your ability to listen could you talk a little bit about how important it is and and maybe some techniques of how to really listen to a child, especially when you're something traumatic is going on or, or something like that. Well, honestly, Sean, that is critical. And when I work with, so when I coach teens, so I work, I love to talk. So that is like not actually easy for me to listen. I've had to train myself, but I also value deeply that someone feels safe. So what I would say is the biggest thing about listening is pauses and getting curious. And it's actually how I do a lot of conflict resolution that that's why I'm effective at it. Because, you know, it's the same thing with adult and child to kids fighting or, you know, everybody wants to kind of like defend their honor and, and, and be right and not, not look at, oh, maybe I didn't mean that, but maybe I did really hurt that person in that way, or maybe there's more. So I would say always pause and get curious. So um, if your child, for example, says like, um, and, and you can hear all the things that come out. So like within the family situation or education, um, it's so unfair, right? Instead of being like, okay, well, that's the rule and whatever you pause and you say, Oh, sweetie, like I'm curious to know what you feel is so unfair. And then just bite your bite your lip, bite your tongue, mm-hmm. like really hard, but just like don't say anything, you know, and let them speak. And if they don't know, then start getting curious, like, oh, do you feel like it's unfair with the rules? So that they have a chance to explain. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, great. you know, a lot of this is nonviolent communication um, and it's just strategies and techniques. Um, the other thing that is absolutely crucial when you're working with young people, but any anybody, even with my grandmother, she's in a wheelchair, eye contact. Right. So I always try and like kneel down or sit. I pull a chair around, you know, because I actually started hurting my knees. So, you know, and just like pull a chair in so that I'm at eye level with them, you know, when I'm talking to them, because that actually is, you know, there's already a power imbalance of adults and child um one other scene i i wanted to ask about um it's it's a really interesting topic it's 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 a topic about it's it's something about um yes but or um it's basically the idea of giving somebody feedback and then taking it away Mm -hmm. and and it was in the story i believe you talked about a child who who felt like their brothers or sisters got more attention or something like that and the parents were trying to help them Mm-hmm. 
but you kept cutting in and say, you're not helping. Well, I didn't say it like that. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. In my mind, I was reading it. I was, I was, well, I no, no. And, and uh, well, it's interesting, like to kind of hold all of that because yes, I knew right away, this is not helping, this is harming, but then I also have to like, I have to bridge it for the parents and I have to bridge it for the kids. So, um, what I found, and it's actually something that I, um, is, is everybody can be using it. And some of the parents have started using it is the word and, and. replacing the word. Yeah. Not, but so you could say like, for example, like, you know, in this story, like, you know, I love you, but you don't clean your room and, and you're always lazy. And, and it, so as soon as you say that our nervous system goes off, like, it's just like none of the positive is going in. So you could say, um, for example, you know, I love you so much and then pause. And sometimes I would love to be able to communicate more about your room. And adding in a little bit of humor, like a silly face or like, you know, the room is like, you know, because humor is also a pattern interrupt. So that's the piece, because as soon as you say, but you cancel it, there is no positive. Then you've literally reneged all the positive and people are like, well, I tell them I love them, but no, there's no buts. Right. So that is absolutely true. So I have to I have practiced using the ant right and the, mm. it, it kind of slows it down a bit and allows the positive to be there and someone to digest constructive criticism right i love it another thing that i'm kind of rattling through some some things that i they came yeah. up with one of the things i really loved you talked about is something could apply to all of us which is what you call your secret sauce yeah and um can you tell us what that is <laughs> you know what i'm referring to yes i know what you're referring rachel to. Yeah. You're not in trouble. Yeah. But Sean, you're Sean, sweetie, you're not in trouble. I just want to talk to you. Not in trouble. So the secret sauce is really, sweetie, you're not in trouble and keeping a really neutral tone, even inside when you're like, what the hell did this person do? Like you could be freaking out, out like internally, but just externally, you're really calm and you're like, and also I have the attitude that I will not let it go. I can pause, but I will not let it go because this builds up and up and up. And, you know, we see it through the system and then things get like, you know, toxic environments get created. So the more that we can just hold them accountable, let's have a conversation about it. Like you're not in trouble. We're all going to sit and talk. We'll take the time at recess. The more that doesn't build up to create really like horrible things. So Mm, yeah, that's the sauce. That, that is beautiful. And in terms of communicating in general, what, what I noticed yeah. about the book and just knowing you and hearing you, and I can hear you in my my head now sometimes, um, it's it's that you you have this way of being you're 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 caring and you're gentle and you're listening, but you're still a little bit serious. Do you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. it, you're not like yeah. playing with them. How do you balance mm-hmm. that? that's a very fine skill to keep the kids attention, but Hey, they're still, you're still concerned about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fine balance. And like, occasionally it will get like out of balance for me too, because like, of course I don't know someone's inner experience. Right. So sometimes my niece will be like, I need a break. If we're talking about something, I'm like, great. Absolutely. Right. So that piece is important too. I always try and listen to body language and like, you know what they're saying. Um, but I also don't know. And sometimes I, I mess up most of the time. I mean, the, the, the balance for me is I care so deeply. So I care about their humanity first beyond anything, beyond grades, anything else. Like I care about their feelings and their humanity. That's the core of this work. And then, um, 
I care about the community space at the same time. So is it a safe space? And if it's not, let's get curious about it and have these hard conversations and work it out. I, and then at the same time, I'm also adding in humor because most of my students that um, have seen me over the years, they'll either say, you know, I, sometimes I've supplied a substitute taught for them. We say supply teaching here, but substitute taught for them like one or two times. And they'll remember me in grade eight. And they're like, I remember you from kindergarten. And they'll say, what do you remember? And they'll say, you were funny. So I use so much humor because playing creativity is the language of children. Um, and also like, I want to have fun. That's another piece is like, there's so much pressure on adults. Like we need to also have fun because that's a connection point. Um, and so it's this, this kind of like balance, I guess, this like perfect balance of caring, humor, and then um, deep work, right? Like deep kind of mm. like what happening here. And so if I just said to them without those other things, you need to sit down and you, and I come from the top mm. down kind of power, you need to sit down and talk to this person and say, sorry. Well, they might verbally say, sorry, but you know, on the playground and they don't, first of all, they'll hate me. And then they'll also keep doing it. So I always try to connect with them individually, then also as a group. And then if something comes up, like, so that example with this child, I had spent half an hour just telling them about my life, letting them talk, having them feel safe, like, you know, kind of just unstructured time to speak and, and hear each other. And they learned a lot from each other. And then that one child felt safe enough to tell me they're really struggling. Mm -hmm. Like they're really struggling and they haven't felt safe enough to say that to anybody yet, you know, school counselor, teachers, anybody in terms of the school class. Right. So then I supported them and I was able to connect with the class because the class already knows, oh, she's really cool. She's, she's caring. Um, you know, we feel safe with her. And so they could like empathize almost like through me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes kids will be like, well, I don't know why you got bullied. I can't imagine that you're so cool. So it's like, they'll already feel a good connection for me. So I'll help bridge what's lacking in mm. for this other person. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So one question I have is, with adults and children, and you, you just talked about the importance of play and you can't get serious with a kid if you don't give them a chance to be playful too. You can't just go right at it. Like you said, what, what advice do you give to parents working with their children to kind of, so they can foster some of that themselves? I mean, at home, like, you know, how do they, how do you, how can you, or do you teach parents how to, to kind of create that inclusive space at home? So a couple of things, and actually, um, I try and go at it from different angles, depending on like, if I'm either working with the family, or maybe it's just a student at home, and they're always like, oh, you're so playful, you're not like other adults. Um, you know, we all come from a childhood, you know, and all of us as humans have had trauma and harm, right? And I think most adults, because of how difficult being a human is, um, and, and how harmed they have been, um, they disconnect from their play and creativity. Something in me said, you will not take that from me. Like I made that promise along with, I will help other children. Mm -hmm. So like, and so I think it's almost like this channel that was never disconnected in me. Um, and so it's like actually easier for me to be playful. And like, you know, I have a very, like, I'm a very hard worker and things like that, but I feel more comfortable just being like playful and creative and things like that, which children embody perfectly. So the bridge is one is to do this work as adults. And so how, what that looks like is 
literally saying to your child, let's go on a play date. What do you want to do? Like, because you know how like in a relationship, you have to make intentional time to like go on dates, foster connection, all that. The same thing is true, like with your child in terms of like following what their interests are. So for example, one child who was having such a hard time, you know, and I know there's a lot in terms of video addiction and that is a concern, but if there's no end to that child's world, that's an in, you know? So like, oh, teach me about your video games. Talk to me about Pokemon. Like, you know, just, just show some interest in that. So that's one thing. Um, do something new together. What food do you like to make? Or do you want to eat? Let's make it. Let's look it up on Google or ChatGPT, which is amazing. I love yeah. ChatGPT, you know? And like, just do something fun that creates this like fresh connection point. Um and also one of the things that I do is, I mean, like I sometimes have families make silly faces at each other because it's so <laughs> heated that I'm like, you, like the kid will make the face and the parent will try and copy it. And then that brings the parent back into that state of play. Cause it's not really usually the young person that has a challenge. It's the adults because the adults been so far removed. So it's actually, you know, kids have less power, but I think we need to learn a lot more from that. Mm. And the only time I pull the adult card is really when it's unsafe or unkind. So those are the only times. Other than that, I always see it as like, it's a we, right? They are on the same level as me, kindergarten, you know, three-year-old, whatever. They're always on that same level, grade eight. Uh, my respect is so deep for their humanity. Mm -hmm. And when they get out of control and unkind, that's why they'll listen to me because then I'll be like, hey, that's too far. If I'm always like, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're wrong, wrong, wrong. What do they do? They turn off hearing you. Wow. It's so simple. It's, it's, it's like, you're just one of them I'm with, one of them. with the adult card when needed. Only when it's needed. I will only pull it out when it's needed. Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of leave us with? Um, that humaning is hard. Okay. This is hard. It's hard to be on this planet. One of the young people that I was working with said, you know, she doesn't even know why she's sad because, you know, nothing's really terrible. And I said, even if things are perfect in your family, perfect with, you know, your siblings, perfect at school, which I knew already, you know, there's challenges with everything. You live in a world that there's deep injustices. There's deep, 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 deep injustice. We can't even fathom how much there, there is, you know. So the movement Be Who Needed is really to think about I always think like if everybody just really works towards like their best self and then how can they like overflow that cup to share with other people, the better. And so we've all been harmed growing up. And so the more that we can become who we needed, the more we kind of like heal our past self, but also help to make the world better. And I, and I do think we have an obligation to leave this planet better than we found. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're just like, there's so many areas that we could be working on. And I feel like, you know, my area is with, you know, young people and their families and adults and educators. Um, but, you know, even beyond that, like everything, the environment, animals, like, you know, political things, there's just so many areas. So I just want everyone to, to be part of, you know, being 
being who they needed, really. That's that's really the movement. Um, and if you get the book, uh, feel free. I love seeing selfies of the book because I want to know where the book travels. So yeah. it makes me so happy to be like, you know, the selfie with like, you know, tag me, be who you needed movement. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I just got on Twitter. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Twitter is so confusing. But anyways, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, and just Thank you so much, Sean, for just having your beautiful heart and and really supporting and lifting this work up and being part of this movement. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Rachel. Thank you so much, Miss Rainbow Fairy. No problem. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.